Today, let's say and watch a guilt-free dive in those massive movie failures that we hate to love. Each week, we look at a movie that either we or our guests love, but society shames them for. We peek in each nook and cranny for every bright spot, keeping the public at bay while watching these movies like the miracles that they are. Start talking, James. I'm James Fight, one of the hosts of this uh, great podcast that we all love and admire. Uh, down below me, he's the editor. He is also known as Big Comfy. His name is Aaron Salinas, uh, editor, uh, uh, all around nice guy, um, cool dude here at uh, Shame Watch, also one of your hosts. Uh, and below me, uh, he is the chief archivist of uh, ShameWatch.com. That's right. It's Kenny Madison. And uh, the last person that's been left off the list is what we consider to be the least contributing member of the entire group. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Shots fired. Me? <laughs> I carry this part. What are you talking about? <laughs> I think that was the joke, Olivia. <laughs> They're just being salty right now because. <laughs> for the audio i am not on video because your girl is practicing self-care and i got a chemical peel yesterday so i look like a hot tomato um but yes i'm olivia slap and swatas olivia slap and self-care swatas i am the social media manager of shame watch and i'm also your beloved co-host and the co-host for shame watch tv which you know stay tuned because season two is coming up I really thought you were going to say because I'm practicing social distancing and because that's why you didn't have your camera on. I was like, but, wait, wait. We all finished. are, though, so it didn't make sense to say that. Yeah, you, you were finishing your sentence and I was like, oh, Aaron, you're dumb. You just, you did not, you did not look, I'll pay $30. <laughs> okay, sure. Cool. Uh, today, today, friends, we're, uh, Killing vampires and walking in daylight and being real snarky as we follow one of our <laughs> vampire hunters, Blade. Ooh. Woo! Uh, since, since we're covering, should we give this month a cool name like we did with Wild Speed Summer? <laughs> Aaron, find the sound effect. Um, I don't um, Yeah, uh... Damn, should have met. Uh, Remember how we thought long and hard about Wild Speed Summer, and now we're put on the spot to come up with a fun name right now? My first suggestion is Wild Snipe Summer. Ooh, I like oh. that. Oh. I, I, I like that. I just thought of that. I like uh, that. Wild Snipe Summer? Even though we're so it, covering Blade. <laughs> uh, Whistler Snipe Summer. <laughs> Combining everybody. Sure. Uh, I'll also throw out Snipetober. But we're not. We're not. It's June. Right. It's about to be July. This June, it's Snipetober. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so we watched Blade. This was the first time I watched it. The first entry in Snipetober. <laughs> yep, that's, uh, I guess that's can now. Celebrating Snipetober and starting it with a bang. Uh, I kind of uh, wanted to. Let, let's do another month, like Snipuary. <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick sidebar. If the if the court. 
Granted. Granted. I'll allow it. Thank you. Uh, I believe Kenny's amazing Star Trek commentary was episode 86, correct? It's technically a bonus episode because it's uh, considered outside of the norms. Okay. What episode are we currently technically on? We're on episode 83. Okay. 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 So we still have four episodes until our media law talk episode. That's right. You wanted it. We said it. Episode 87 is media law of shame watch. So I'm getting flashbacks to like junior year of college. I was going to say, I didn't pay attention in college during media law. (laughs) This one was an 8 a.m. class for me. I was like, same dude. (laughs) Next month. We're covering media law in entertainment on Shame Watch. Get hyped, get ready. That's what we're doing. It's canon. Snipe you lie. <laughs> there it is. We won. That's it. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> I am on Theta Six. <laughs> <laughs> we're back uh, but yeah we'll, we'll cover media law but right now we're well, covering that's, in, that's next month because that's four yeah. episodes from now episode 87 right so or august we... yes i've lost track of time since being quarantined me too me as well i think you mean august <laughs> I love that. That's right. Uh, We're covering every TV show or every movie that has a log cabin in it in August. <laughs> <laughs> cabin in the woods. Uh, I know what you did last summer. Friday the thirteenth. Covering evil. them all. Oh, I want to first, folks. I've watched all the Friday the Thirteenth movies. I don't like scary movies, so I should say, even though Blade wasn't technically supposed to be, like, super scary, this was my first time watching it, and there's a reason why I watched it in broad daylight. Because <laughs> he could protect you. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. he's able to. But no, I'll admit, Olivia, there are a couple of parts in here that is kind of scary. Like, I know we'll get to it, but, like, the charred body when it comes back to life, yeah. that's kind of yeah. scary. That was pretty spooky. Well, yeah. Well, let's let's get some context from Kenny, the context context Madison. Yeah, Kenny. It sounds like we all love this, but I'm sure there's people who don't love this movie. Well, Mr. Fight, as per usual, you're 100 percent right. Uh, in a review, <clears throat> we're back, baby. In a review, <laughs> celebrating Snipey Lie. <laughs> in a review titled. Bloody Blade has fangs, but no bite. Posted Wednesday, September 2nd, 1998. Ah, James, write this down. 3.59.32 p.m. Thank you. Reviewer Paul Tatara on CNN. (laughs) What in the world is Wesley Snipes doing? This guy is an honest-to-God actor, but in recent months, we've seen the results of his increasing tendency towards serving time as little more than an action director's plaything. See U.S. Marshals. In Blade, Snipes, playing the titular vampire fighting hero, kicks, shoots, burns, punches, gouges, 
pierces and generally guts hundreds of people under the guise of good old-fashioned Hollywood escapism. You've never seen so much blood and whoosh, boom, zap brutality in your life. And again, I mean that as a criticism. In the film, Blade rescues a young doctor, Nabushi Wright, who's been chomped by one of the undead after achieving a higher level of street cool courtesy of the unflinching resetting of the doctor's dislocated shoulder. Snap! Blade takes her to a secret hangout. There she meets his partner in killing, Abraham Whistler. Chris Christopherson, of all people, plays Whistler with paunch in full view. Incredibly clever commercial movie joke. When we first see Whistler, he's listening to Bad Moon Rising on his tape deck. The rest of the picture consists of Blade and the Doctor tracking down the chicest, most hot-headed of all the vampires, a fashionable little guy named Frost, Stephen Dorff. Frost always looks like he's battling seasickness, with off-green being his flesh's favorite hue. And lest we forget, he's got great shirts. Director Stephen shuns subtlety to the same degree that his character shuns light, making everybody a vampire and pretending that there's a story behind it is a very thin pretext to butchering folks on camera, plain and simple. It may not be the official intention, but it's the fully expected result. If audiences are trying so desperately to escape whatever's got them all worked up in their daily lives, how is this any better? Uh, it's better because Wesley Snipes is real snarky. Yeah, he's played. That's how it's, it's great. It's better. I, I love all of this movie. It so, was that's been our episode of Shane Watch. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. What's up? <laughs> okay, I've been waiting like this whole episode to just like I'm just gonna be dropping a lot of thirst jokes. <laughs> because, as you know, vampires be thirsty. I want to say for Deacon Frost, he was thirsty for blood and for power, but I was thirsty for him. I mean, hey. Sure. sure. <laughs> he, he did it for you, Olivia? He. I mean, like, let's be honest. If I was in, like, 1990s, like, late 1990s, you know, era, like, grown up, of age, mm-hmm. you know, I would, I would have been okay with having him as a bay. You're a Stephen Dorff fan. <laughs> I mean, I don't know too much about him, but I mean, I, I'm a woman who loves power as well, and I think as long as we were, he would see it as a partnership. I would, I would be okay with that. Olivia, <laughs> are you, are you a Slytherin? So here's the thing. Uh, sidebar, permission for sidebar. Uh, granted. Okay. Granted. Uh, Kenny. You're a Slytherin. Should I grant this? <laughs> you should respect the fact that I asked. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Warn you, counselor. Pred lightly. All right. Well, and this is, you know, I'm not even going to talk about like J.K. Rowling's recent, you know, statements about no. you know, against the trans community. So no. all that aside, um, here's the thing. I my whole life have identified as a Ravenclaw. But mm-hmm. then I always thought, you know, maybe I could be a Gryffindor because, you know, I, I have been known for like acts of bravery, like, like, you know, me asking my own date to prom because feminism and just other stuff like that. Telling, quitting my job, like when I was about to be demoted, things like that. But it's come to my attention, re- like 
recently that I may be a Slytherin. I may have always been a Slytherin because <laughs> I thought, you know, you associate, you associate Slytherin with evil, but really it's just like, there's nothing wrong with being ambitious and going after what you want. No. Um, and also I look great in green. So <laughs> end of sidebar. Oh, boy. But yes, uh, to go back to uh, Deacon Frost, I mean, was he the best kind of leader? No, but I think having the right woman beside him, like, I would have tamed him. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking for someone to tame? Uh, no comment. <laughs> that, the subtext of that is a yes. Mercy, mercy. That's but... been our episode of Shame Watch. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, what do you think of this movie? Uh, do you do we want me to get in on this already? Oh, Aaron, do you not like this movie? You're right. Uh, Skip over it. Uh, James, what did you think? <laughs> I love this movie. It was so much fun. Uh, Johnny, uh, my roommate, he just walked into Past me watching future. it. What? Past and future guest, Johnny. Yes. Um, and like we just... We were laughing and cracking up because it was just so, like, I love the snark and I love the action. And it was just awesome. Truthfully, that propelled uh, myself, Johnny, and my other roommate, Nolan, to start an 80s action movie night. Oh, shoot. Ooh. Oh, right on. Yeah. So now uh, we're going to watch one today, too. Uh, but last week after Blade, we watched uh, Predator. Oh. Very good. What are you watching today? Uh, I don't know. We have to choose. We we came up with an entire list. So we have a whole list on the fridge, uh, on our little whiteboard on the fridge that we have to watch. Um, picture? What? I want to see what your list is. I'm very interested. Yeah, I'll take a picture. Not now, because I'm recording the podcast. Robocop? Yes, that that's, that's on there. Like any iconic 80s movie. Action movies probably on there. I think Die Hard's on there. Perfect movie. Oh yeah. Oh, I saw that on Father's Day with my dad. Tracks. Yeah, nice. Like that? that that's that's a good choice. Yeah, it was awesome. With Hudson Hawk, Olivia. I. You know what? Yes. Independence Day is on there. Shush. It. It's about so time. I, I might yes! actually watch Independence Day. So uh, Tyler, if you're listening. I'm sorry once again, and I'll finally watch uh, your movie that you suggested over a year and a half ago. James, what's your address? Uh, I'll send it to you via the chat. No, just say it. No, that's all right. <laughs> James' address is... <laughs> that's right, 6969 uh, Cool Guy Street. 691. <laughs> <laughs> the one likes to watch. He lives in the Thirst Trap Hollow community. <laughs> it's like the Shire from Lord of the Rings, but there ain't no Shire going on, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, I'm great. So but you have to pass through Consent Circle, because, you know, we have no choice but to stand <laughs> a, an ally. That's very true. Me. I mean, we do have a choice, and we choose the good path. Yes. But you know what I mean. Always. Yes. Yes. Kenny, what'd you think of this movie? I liked it. <laughs> okay. Wanna uh, expand on that? I 
personally, I just don't think it's my aesthetic. It's a very, it's, it's a very serious movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. I, but also I, I appreciate it so much just contextually. Uh, I don't know what you guys know about this film's place in the superhero canon, the superhero uh, movie. Canon. I know it's Marvel. Oh boy, howdy. This is the first Marvel film since Howard the Duck in 1986. Is it really? Uh, first theatrical one. There had been right. uh, uh, direct-to-TV ones. Um, but this was, at, at this point, uh, according to a rad oral history from Entertainment Weekly that I found, uh, Marvel was in bankruptcy. Like, they were, they were at the bottom. Whoa. Yeah, at the bottom. Now we're here. Mm-hmm. Had to start out from the bottom, and now they have the number one highest grossing film of all time. Go figure. Um, Marvel was in bankruptcy. The superhero movie was kind of, well, I guess not exactly dead, considering this movie came out in '98, and the thing that kind of put the nail in the coffin was Batman and Robin. So sorry, nail in the coffin. Get it? Vampires <laughs> in <playing> the coffin. <laughs> See what you did there, Kenny. <laughs> oh, boy. Proceed. <laughs> uh, and uh, according to the oral history, uh, Wesley Snipes was just looking to do some sort of superhero movie. It was between either Black Panther, Luke Cage, or Blade, and Blade was the one that they went with, obviously. Huh. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And it had been in development hell since 1992 when New Line Cinema was given the IP or was given the uh, uh, Marvel was very bankrupt. Uh, uh, 96, they officially declared bankruptcy. Um, I believe it was 96, but they uh, <clears throat> they were given away rights to um, properties throughout just trying to make some quick cash. Um, there was a fantastic film that was fantastic four film that was made, but did not get released. Heir um, to the Vidal Sassoon uh, Empire. Really, yeah, man. No shit, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. It's um, but yeah, they also then hold on. I took some notes on this. Uh, in 1993, Toy Biz got involved with this, and that's when Avi Arod was one of the uh, developers for Toy Biz. And he was telling Marvel, he was like, you guys don't realize the cash cow you're sitting on for the film industry. Uh, 96, they went broke. And he is quoted as to being, he's quoted and everybody made fun of him because he said, Spider-Man alone as a film is worth $1 billion. And they said, you're outrageous. You'll, no one's going to take you seriously. And Avi Arad was like, no, I, you, I guarantee you, if you start making films, people are going to watch it. Yeah, and uh, New Line had a blade. They were sitting in in development hell since ninety two, ninety six. Uh, Batman and Robin sucked. Uh, you can catch that episode um, about that poignant film in my uh, life. I um, I think we all like that movie here. We we all uh, we all stand a legend. We all love Batman and Robin. Yes, it, it is a legend, and and there's some Kingsville legends of their own in that film as well. So I, I greatly appreciate that film. Especially, um, uh, may I request a sidebar because Aaron, I'm genuinely interested in all the other stuff that I, uh, you have about Blade, but may I request a sidebar? Granted. Granted. I don't know. You said that I did the least amount of work. <laughs> on, so give me like two seconds. 
All right. <laughs> what can I do to fix our relationship, Olivia? I will literally do anything. Hmm. Let's find some way to get James to watch Cats again. No! I wasn't doing anything. I will stone my request another sidebar. I've got two sidebars. Granted. Granted. Now I James, have it. James, I will, I will straight up give you $100. Not a bit if you watch Cats again. Like, right. live stream it. Put it on uh, the, so, the Shame Watch Pod IG live. Yeah, you've got to have a receipt so there's proof. And then <laughs> if that's the case, I will give you $100. Fine. Easy. Done. Right. Easiest gig, easiest gig ever. Thanks. You have to actually watch it, though. None of this, like, I'm going to try to take some thirst traps and, and send them to, you know, potential love interests while you're watching Cats. Well, what else am I supposed to do? That's all I do all day. <laughs> what if what if that's one of our new commentary episodes is James's cat? Oh, you want me to do commentary on it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I I just ordered my new mic setup, so So Kenny, what was your other sidebar? Uh thank you so much, Court. Uh in that sidebar uh original sidebar beginning. Uh, I really like Batman and Robin contextually now because Batman fandom sucks so much. Like there's there like the DC fans are so toxic. I followed so many film critics online that are so attacked by DC extended universe fanboys that are like, right, but Batman's got to be dark and he's just like psychologically interesting and he's dark and it's cool. And I'm just Snyder like, cut. Lego like that's that's genuinely disappointing that that's happening. Like it, I I think we might have already talked about Snyder Cut Snyder, a little. Cut. It might have been like in the the pre-show comments. Which by the way, if you sign up for Patreon, uh, you can have access to. At which level, Olivia? Oh, uh, <laughs> five dollars! I knew it. I was gonna say five. Uh, but like, it would be one thing to just let Zack Snyder come in and finish his movie without the rest of the context. But like the people that have been demanding the Snyder cut, which doesn't exist, they're creating it, are so toxic and gross. And it's just sending the wrong message. It's super disgusting and gross. And Batman and Robin has Arnold Schwarzenegger making corny jokes. And Robin and Batman have ice skates. Uh, and the bet credit card. Uh, Uma Thurman is delicious. They've got toys. It's, it's so much fun. And not to mention the uh, director recently passed, uh, Joel Schumacher. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so R.I.P. Schumacher. Um, you were the first film I ever saw in a theater, so thank you so much. Uh, you're near and dear to my heart in that regard, man. If you guys want to watch those movies, I uploaded them to my Voodoo account. So. Hey. Batman Forever and Batman and Robin in uh, Glorious High Def. Anyways, uh, in sidebar, Aaron, please uh, continue. Your, 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 your notes are lovely. Well, Aaron still um, hasn't told us how he felt about it. We skipped over it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Getting, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, but yeah, so Avi Arod said, uh, Spider-Man alone is at least worth a billion dollars. And Marvel's trying to keep themselves afloat because at this point in time, in just life in general, uh, the price of the comic book had nearly doubled, if not tripled. Um, so people were not willing to pay for an expensive piece of medium that was no longer good. Comics were at a point in life where they weren't good. There was oversaturation. There was too much of it. Nobody really cared about comic books. Um, so Marvel was holding on to near 
uh, death or holding on to dear life. Um, they were on their way out. Um, DC had a stronghold of the films at this point. Spider-Man, or excuse me, Superman came out, coming out in the 70s um, to huge hits. Um, uh, those Spider Supermans are my dad's, I think my, my dad's particular favorite for uh, superhero films. I mean, yeah, the first Superman movie honks and then Superman yeah. 2 aren't good as well uh and then just good yeah yeah and then there's also supergirl which you'll hear us talk about at some point that's coming out it's coming um but yeah so uh marvel was at a point in life where they were just looking for anything and up comes a day walking vampire half human uh that uh, is a total bad is made into a total badass because Blade's original artwork was a little more campy. He had like a green jacket with like yellow spikes. Um, he was still black in the original uh, one from Monster House. Uh, Blade was one of my first comics I ever received. My mom gave it to me. Nice. Um, I love the Blade IP. Blade. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I saw Blade before I saw Spider-Man. Uh, well, I was young. I was, I was under double digits. I don't think I saw it when it came out in theaters, but my mom really liked the movie. So it was a, it was a big TNT hit. I remember that. And he, it was always on TNT. Yeah, this strikes me as a TNT movie. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, of course, it was edited, but anytime it was on TNT, my mom would watch it. You know, she'd be watching it while cleaning the house. So that's when I was watching it when my, you know, it was just on and it was a Saturday afternoon, you know, it's kind of hard to keep your kid from keeping an eye on at all times like that. So I would just kind of watch it there with her and it was kind of scary. And she would kind of like tell me about the parts that were kind of scary and like when to, to tone it down a little bit, but I love blade. I have always loved blade blade was the, I got my mom, the blade trilogy set. That was the first uh, mother's day gift I oh. paid from out of my own pocket. Nice. Was the uh, Blade trilogy set, Aww. and uh, yeah, it's a weird relationship me and my mom have. <laughs> oh, you Blade boy, too. <laughs> yeah, we we watched Predator together while setting up the Christmas tree. I bought her the Blade trilogy set. Like it's a, it's a weird uh, weird thing, but yeah, she she loves Blade. She just likes vampires in general very much, like the Bram Stoker. I mean, uh, this movie was coming on the tail end of vampire or maybe not necessarily tail end it might have been smack dab in the middle of vampire fever because there was uh there there was francis for coppola's bram stoker's dracula there was mm-hmm. interview with the vampire shoot uh buffy the vampire slayer and then yeah there was just come out in 97 i think angel will come out the next year no yeah 98 sounds uh, right angel didn't come out until their third season, so it'd be like ninety nine or two thousand. Oh. Um, so th- this, I mean, it, it makes sense that Wesley Snipes was looking for some sort of Marvel character, and it makes sense that they landed on Blade because this would be the surefire thing because it's not just, and it's not just a superhero thing; it's also kind of a vampire thing. So cashing in on something that's not that's superhero adjacent because superheroes cinema was not the juggernaut uh no pun intended uh that it is today angel came out in 99 yeah it's the third season i have a cool sidebar if uh, y'all will grant me permission uh granted granted 
Okay, cool. So it's funny that we are talking about this film right now because I just started watching the series What We Do in the Shadows. Yes. Based oh. off of the 2014 film starring uh, Taika Waititi. And um, it's a great show. It's on Hulu. And it's actually hilarious because in season one, the, um, the, the three vampires and the familiar who are called to question for uh, this particular crime, they have to go to a vampire council. And Wesley Snipes is like there via like Skype. And they're like, oh, he's, uh, he's a day walker. Like he's allowed to be in sunlight. But it's oh, so cool. funny. The running gag is that he has like Wi-Fi issues because they're underground. <laughs> and so uh, like having never seen Blade until now, and I just watched that episode, I was like, literally LOLing because it made so much more sense. <laughs> yeah, that joke lands a lot more now because I, yeah. I know, I've also seen the show, but it was way before I watched Blade. But yeah, I won't rewatch that. It's, Cause that's yeah, such a I, and it's just so funny. Cause like, um, I learned because of that show, like, I mean, the only kind of familiarity I had with vampires was, I'm, I hate to say it. It was twilight, which is not <laughs> a good, uh, which is not a good example, but it's to be fair, like example, it's a valid example. It's a thank valid you, Kenny. vampire canon. But watch okay. Buffy the Vampire Slayer; it's really good. And you know, listen. we'll we'll see. Um, this you was do like Shane watch TV with me on Buffy. We can we can definitely uh, we can definitely talk about it. That um, sounds no. like a no. I've heard enough no's from women in my life to know that's okay. Name. Here's the thing: another sidebar. So. Um, I watched this film in broad daylight because your girl is just not really big into like horror and blood and all of that. Not really. Um, except for if it's like an Italian mob movie and somebody gets shot in the head. <laughs> but <laughs> anything that's been like, you know, mythical creature. Um, I've just never really been into that kind of stuff, but I did enjoy Blade. So Buffy, I don't know, like if maybe it, it won't be as bad if, because it's like pure 90s and buffy is way more campy than blade okay okay well like blade wasn't as bad and then just like the parts were that were a little too much for me uh because again i'm a little squeamish like i just turned away but yeah. um but yeah i just wanted to really talk about the what we do in the shadows it was hilarious 10 10 recommend yeah I I think that movie is a perfect movie. I really need to t check out the TV show. I still need to watch yeah. the movie, but the theme song to the TV show is it slaps real hard. It does. I mean, that's the theme for for the uh, for the movie. Uh, you should, James. Do you have a library? No, I do not have a library. You should get a library card. Uh, I just got a library card and was able to sign up for Hoopla and Canopy. Hoopla. Oh, Johnny has Canopy. Yeah. Uh, I and I th I think what we do in the shadows might just be available on Canopy. That's it's free. It's absolutely free. Well, I know what I'm doing later today. Uh, honestly, uh, sidebar. Granted. Uh, the Austin Public Library card is honestly great. You can do a lot of services through it. You can get eBooks, um, rent online. It, it's honestly a, a wonderful thing to have in your life. Yes. And if you don't live in Austin, like, please seek out your local library because... I think this is a perfect for sure. time for our new sponsor, uh, Libraries. Hi, this is Shane Watts uh, <laughs> with our sponsor, Libraries. Everyone go to your local library and experience their great services. Hey, reading makes a better future. 
And 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 yeah, that's a good ad, y'all. I mean, honestly, I've been able to check out two Spike Lee movies that are only available in library-based video rental services. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Like, uh, what was it? Twenty uh, fifth hour in summer of Sam. Well, I guess you could technically rent them, but they're available for free on uh, Hoopla. Nice. Yeah, dude, that's cool. It's great. Yeah, go to your library. Our yeah. ad was genuine. Olivia, go to the library. Oh, boy, I've had a library card for like three years, so you don't have to <laughs> tell me twice. Nerd alert. Um, <laughs> we stand intelligent women. Yes. <laughs> I am the one carrying this pod. So. Also true. So um, I, I was wondering uh, if, if James would remember this. Uh, James, were you a big fan of the Spider-Man animated series? Yeah. You yeah. might have caught. <laughs> you might have caught one of the first glimpses of Blade in a medium. Uh, that was Blade's first appearance. Was in uh, Spider-Man season two, episode nine. Really? Of yeah, he uh, he's a little whitewashed. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, for he's, for that nineties cartoon. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and that was the uh, they created Whistler for that specific uh, episode, and uh, Marvel liked him so much that they made it canon. That's awesome! Oh, yeah, I love that TV show. I grew up on it. Uh, me and my friend Michael would always uh, we would he would sleep over Friday night, so in the morning of Saturday we'd watch the new episode. That's pretty badass. That's that's pretty cool. And um, followed by Power Rangers. <laughs> That sounds like the dream, honestly. It was pretty great. Yeah, that's... Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, David S. Goyer is the writer of this film, and the reason he's important for this is... Uh, does anybody else remember David S. Goyer? Can he? Nope. I do. Tell me about Need David a- S. Goyer. Uh, he's the dude that basically uh, dragged the current comic book landscape into where it is now with write, co-writing uh, Batman Begins. Whoa. And then having a story credit on uh, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises and then being the screenwriter for Man of Steel and is basically responsible for the everything's got to be real and gritty uh, take. Like that's one of the reasons why this movie feels just the way that it is. It's so dry, and that's just because of David S. Goyer and his his preferences. Yeah, uh, right on the head. Because New Line said, "We want this campy. Uh, we want this for the teenager to come in and enjoy it." And David S. Goyer said, "Nah, we'll do what I want to do," and created this uh, real world gritty character. And New Line said, "All right, we want three Here's your option for Blade, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Samuel L. Jackson, or Wesley Snipes. And without argument, he just said Wesley Snipes is Blade. And that's where uh, they took it from there. And Wesley Snipes took it so real, so seriously. He created the choreography, the fight choreography for this film. That's awesome. And uh, he's a, I believe he's a black belt in Taekwondo. I know he's a black belt in something else, I think. but he's just a, a wonderful martial artist. And the, the only thing that would make this movie better is they had originally wanted uh, uh, Jet Li for Deacon Frost. Oh. Oh. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be really cool. I would have still been Deacon Frost's boo. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jelly Hot, you know? Yep, his uh, collaborator. So, because I was thinking about this, because Wesley Snipes strikes me as an errands boy. Uh, mm-hmm, at, very uh, much. Uh, do, you, do you know much about Wesley Snipes just in general, Aaron? Uh, not a whole heck of a lot. I really wish I did. Um, I know his, po- I know his, unfortunately, as he got older in his career and his life, he wasn't the friendliest of people. No. Um, episode? Yeah, Blade, we'll, we'll hold that for Blade Trinity. Um, hold it. But as far as like classics go, like White Men Can't Jump, Demolition Man, um, I remember those. But I don't, I remember those films, but I don't hold them near as dear as I do Blade. Yeah. Or the Blade trilogy. Yeah. Um, just because, like, he's just so cool, man. Like, him just grabbing his sunglasses is cool as hell. Yeah. Oh, and like, Yeah. <laughs> so cool. it, it's so cool. Like, like, this film alone just makes me feel, like, as soon as I start watching it, I just turn into, like, you know, a 12-year-old kid, like, just, like, or a four-year-old boy watching monster trucks. I'm just like, yeah, look at that. <laughs> That's cool. exactly how I felt. It was <laughs> like, like shit. When yeah. I was watching that fight sequence, I was like, that was me pre-COVID when all the creepy guys tried to dance next to me at the club, yeah. and I was just trying to fight them off, you know? I, I was saved like, I'm a hot tomato. <laughs> uh, like, even that part's cool, man. Like, like the the club scene when he walks in and like everybody oh like, clears the room for him. Yeah, it starts bleeding. Yeah, free social oh. distancing. It was just so cool, man. But yeah, I wish I I've watched more Wesley Snipe films and like especially now because I feel like he's almost a meme. Sure. Almost like Expendables Four or Expendables Three, whichever one he was in. Um, the Mr. Peanut or the Baby Peanut commercials. Um, like now he's just trying to get money for his tax evasion. Uh, well, I he's he's in Dolomite is my name, which is a movie that I loved. Oh yeah, also love that movie. He's so good in it, and when when Wesley comes to play, he comes to play. But you have to he has to make sure that he is engaged. And I just looking at the background of this movie it's very clear that wesley snipes like this is a wesley snipes project through and through it's not necessarily mm-hmm. he's a hired gun even though the studio was like let can we get denzel instead because wesley snipes came in and made this his own thing like this is part of his creative vision as well that's so clear like i think if denzel ended up being blade it would have done fine, but it would have been a little bit of a different movie, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like Wesley yeah. Snipes, like, having not seen this movie before, but knowing that he was Blade, it made perfect sense as just a viewer. Like, he just really did a really good job portraying that character. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, he had, like, if not total control, a good amount of control on the costume. And I can never see a different costume for Blade. Yeah. Yeah. Like, granted, yeah, I mean, no spoiler alert here, but Mahershala Ali is the new Blade. Yeah. You can't do any other costume. Like, it, it needs to, and, and I, and that's, and I, and I'll say it, I think 
he kind of made it okay for the costumes to be different in animated films to make them a little more realistic because at that point we'd gotten Superman and Batman and those cowls had stayed the same. I mean, this movie is kind of responsible for the superhero genre coming back period. Like, it, mm-hmm. like without this movie, there would be no X-Men movie. There would be no Spider-Man movie. This, this is the first shot across the bow that shows studios that Marvel properties can be financially uh, viable. Uh, and this movie was made on the cheap as well and did well enough to garner two other sequels and then a TV show as well. And yeah. Yeah. TV show. What? Yeah. yeah. Blade TV show. Should we cover, should we cover a little bit of the Blade TV show? I think we should. That's fair. I mean, we can, we can definitely, um, I would be down. I'd be down. We got to we got to sort out some seasons cuz we did push back 90 Day Fiance and the yeah. Bachelorette the Bachelorette is airing in September. I'm pretty sure that there's a feature film cut of I think maybe the first 3 episodes or so so we could treat that. Just a normal episode. Yeah. 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 Uh, but this Spikey Lie? Yeah, for Spikey Lie. <laughs> the Blade TV show starring Sticky Fingers. What? <laughs> Sticky Fingers. Okay. Uh it's the star of the Blade TV show. Do you know, Aaron, do you know the story about Mahershala Ali getting Blade? Uh, didn't he call Kevin Feige and said, I want to be Blade? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, and... So, I think after his Green Book Oscar. Yeah, I, or what... Yeah, it had to have been because... Yeah, I, I just remember... I remember Kevin, Kevin Feige came forward about that story, right, at the announcement. Like, yeah, they were t- talking about the next phases, and he said, and our next edition for the phases, and Mahershala Ali walks in and then puts on a blade, blade cap, a blade, like, hat. Yeah. And he says, when Mahershala Ali calls you and says he wants to be Blade, Mahershala Ali is Blade. And <laughs> so here's my thing, because I think we have to give Wesley Snipes a lot of credit for what he did. James. Mm-hmm. His thing. Here's Aaron's thing, James. This you gotta make him whistler. Oh shoot, that's good. That's a good yeah. idea. I, you I, gotta I, make him whistler, man. Like, like that would be amazing. Like, it would just make everything come full circle, right? Like, and, and my the only thing is, Wesley Snipes might never look old. <laughs> yeah, like, no matter how hard you try. If you put 2020 snipes next to 1992 snipes, virtually no difference. Like, yeah, maybe just beefier. Not necessarily, you know, like super buff, but he's just a little bit thicker. Like you know, a um, situation where you put yes. next to young Will Smith, and you're like, I don't. Are is one of these characters supposed to be younger than the other one? <laughs> yeah, just like. What, what's the difference? So you could touch on like some sort of elaboration that he was a, 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 but no, there's only one Daywalker, but like, yeah, just like he's just, he's developed a serum to help with aging or something like that. Cause I, I think that would be so much fun. And, but the thing is there can only be like one, like, and he's such a domineering force in the camera. Yeah. I don't know if he'll give up that much camera time to Mahershala. 
I, I think Wesley Snipes has been a little bit humbled in recent events. And also, especially now, I think that's such a slam dunk idea. Uh, and it would be such an easy paycheck. Uh, Seriously? Yeah. The, I, I forget where I heard this uh, amongst the scuttlebutt, but I, it might have been blank check. It might have been the Infinity Pod. But the scuttlebutt was that Marvel was developing some sort of Blade project and they were looking to have this next thing not the Mahershala but like a previous version that won't see the light of day have have it be Blade's daughter or son or something like that and the Snipes Blade would still be there Mm. which would retroactively make those three Blade movies part of the MCU oh that'd be cool in that same least Hulk is MCU adjacent sort of Damn that! Uh, see, and I want it to be in the MCU, but I'm totally cool with it being outside of it. Like, because this was like Marvel's first stabs at everything. Because uh, Stan, they actually filmed Stanley's first cameo in this for Blade. No really? Yeah, he was one of the cops that came in in the uh, dance party scene. Oh no! Nice. Oh. Yeah, and they cut it. They're like, no, it just doesn't feel right. This is this is. To to us, that's too camp in what uh, what we're trying to achieve. We and I get it. Shut this party down. <laughs> <laughs> Are they the only people who's cut that Stanley cameo out? No. There's 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 other Stanley deleted cameos. I know that the first Stanley official cameo was was it Spider Man? Yeah. No, actually, it's it's before that. It goes back. At, at the earliest is in, I think, the earliest that I know of is the TV movie, The Trial of the Incredible Hulk, where I think Stanley plays one of the jury members. Oh, oh cool. So <laughs> Stanley cameoing and things is like they just continued on with, with that tradition with the movies. I mean, when you make. I think the Incredible Hulk is innocent. <laughs> <laughs> um, guilty of being too cute in those pants. <laughs> well, what, what else do we love about this movie? Um, besides the fact that it is a uh, black superhero that's saving not only millions of uh, fictional people, but helping uplift a company out of uh, shambles. Uh, the fact that we get a uh, black female lead uh, who's not a romantic interest. Yeah. 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 I thought it was going to happen at some point, but then it, it didn't. And I was like, you know what? I was pretty cool with that too. Right? Like, uh, I don't know a ton of Nabouche Wright. Um, I know she's had like small appearances here and there, but I don't, I, I'm sad to say I don't know a lot of her work according to the oral history from entertainment weekly she's no longer an actor she had a personal tragedy happen and it made her leave the industry really i think her father passed away and she just walked away from it all oh man she because she kicked ass man several occasions she saves blade yeah it's great 
I, I was not expecting Blade to be a supporting character in his own feature film because she's very, mm-hmm. she's very much the lead. Which, considering where movies were, uh, genre movies like this were in the, at that time, makes sense. It's kind of, it's kind of a 1989 Batman structure where Batman is the supporting character in his own movie, and Vicky Vale is kind of the way that we find our way into the Batman universe. Yeah. Like she's like, yeah, like you said, she she kind of spearheads the whole project uh, of this, and she's researching and she's a go getter, and she's kind of like a pioneer in Blade's world of getting you know creating weapons. Yeah, like twenty minutes ago, <laughs> you had no idea this world existed. Now you're creating a coagulant. <laughs> to, to stop vampires? Whoa! We have no choice but to stand. Yeah, oh, I loved her so much, and like, uh, and, and, and what I love about and coagulants. We stand co- some coagulants, right? Yeah. Not all. Yeah, yeah, because some are bad. I think coagulants. <laughs> um, but what I love too is we don't really like. It's not a. She doesn't take it as a big deal as what she's doing. Like this is just what she does. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, yeah, I, I'm kicking ass. Like she just like t- takes it so in stride. I just loved her character so much. Uh, to just because I want to talk about this, and this doesn't necessarily apply to this trope, but it's aware of this. Uh, if you've listened to Hollywood podcast, they talk about this thing called the swirl. Uh, which is a thing that they since discontinued because it's just kind of a problematic thing that they were talking about in the first place. But at the same time, it's kind of an issue in Hollywood movies where if there is a movie starring a black man and the lead female actress is white, they do not hook up. Like We all understand that we don't necessarily need a romantic coupling in, in all the things, but even in like before this current wave of films where everything is just, but they can be friends in the end before that, where everything was having people couple up every single movie with a white man and a white woman as the leads, they would end as romantic interests at the movie, like in Beverly Hills cop, Eddie Murphy has a white actress lead co-lead and they just end up being friends. And it's because in studio executive mind, black men, be sexual because it would cause a scandal too much in just this in in middle america case in point going back to beverly hills cop which is originally written for sylvester stallone those two characters the characters that eddie murphy and the white actress colleen uh in that movie they were originally supposed to end up together whenever it was led by sylvester stallone but whenever eddie came in for some reason they no longer got together uh, that's messed up. Dude, yeah. And so I, I I implore you to go look that out. It's contextually it's it's nice whenever that a man and a woman cannot be romantic leads or mm-hmm. just be in a romantic relationship at the end of the movie, but at the same time because it's a movie that is led by a black man. Yeah. Like, I'm wondering if the studio was like, no, you can't, you can't do that because black men are dangerous. Jeez. That's, that's, 
yeah, gut wrenchingly horrible. Like, like this is yeah. <laughs> like my stomach hurts. Like that's that's terrible. Like fuck that. Yeah, it's it's awful and abysmal and and horrible. Um, Probably a good time to remind people that uh, Black Lives Matter movement is still going on. Protests are still happening. And if you want to support charities and wherever where you want to donate by signing petitions or donating, we have all those resources on our Twitter page and any social media. Yeah. Have you guys seen any thing that would be worthy to plug at this moment in time in the audio form? Uh, nothing that hasn't been on our list already. Sure. I think a good, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, but I did mention in my, um, my little snippet, uh, loving, which talks about the court case that basically overturned the ban on interracial marriages. So while you were talking about, you know, this controversial, you know, move done by Hollywood, it's like, you know, let's just talk about like the history of, or let, let's let's look at like how you know interracial marriages and relationships in general just came to be like significantly recognized across the country. So I definitely recommend that movie. Plus, like it was, uh, I, I believe Ruth Nago was nominated for an Oscar. Nice. Oh wow! Where can you okay. find that? Um, I think like on all major just online platforms, I will look it up real quick. Is it one of those you have to rent or you can stream? Um, I believe you have to rent it, but let me check. Actually, HBO Max has it, Hulu, and Prime if you're subscribed. Nice. Oh, okay. Okay, there we go. Yeah. So I remember, I'll say I remember that. saying something in my bit, but it's it's been a while. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Hulu, Amazon Prime, HBO Go, also HBO Max. So those, if you have a subscription, are available on there. Um, but yeah, it's a great movie. Um, and honestly, it's it's a uh, it wasn't that long ago in our history, and I think you know it's important that we reflect on on that that case that that the loving couple, which is is their name, that uh, you know won that court battle, which was. Terrible that it should have even even been an argument. <clears throat> All of this discussion makes me <laughs> just to draw it back into the film makes me appreciate this more as a Wesley as as a mainstream property that is controlled by a black man that wants careers. Mm-hmm. David S. Goyer, without this movie, he would be nothing. He would be a nobody. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe not necessarily nobody, but he would still be like one of the things that he worked on. I think it came out the exact same year as this. It was the David Hasselhoff Adventures of Nick Fury TV movie that came out for Fox. Like he was oh, a- yeah. Um, and it's like Wesley Snipes being attached to this helped launch, the, helped launch David S. Goyer. Wesley Snipes and this movie series helped bring Marvel out of bankruptcy. Like the superhero film as a whole kind of begins because of Wesley Snipes kind of putting its foot down and going, like, this is how I want the movie to feel. Like mm-hmm. it's incredible that he gets to be one of the auteurs of this thing. It's just not 
a thing that happened. Like it would be what at this time, maybe Will Smith and Denzel. Yeah. Yeah. Oprah to a degree, but she's more on TV. But anytime that she comes to movies, it's definitely, Oh, this is an Oprah project, but who else gets to call their shots like this and then also be financially rewarded with it. And also have it not be labeled as a quote unquote black movie, which mm-hmm. is a, yeah. just speaking for my own biases. Like that's one of the reasons that I just haven't seen more of black cinema or really kind of anything else outside of white cinema in general, because even subconsciously I'm like, right. But best man holiday isn't really for me. Oh my gosh. Best man holiday is so good. (laughs) I bet. I bet it it is. is. My best friend and I cried, but she like cried so hard that like, she was low key, like wailing. And my mom was in the next room going like, who is crying? And I was like, Oh, that's my best friend. And she goes, Oh, well God, it sounds like, she just she's crying as if like somebody like you know got seriously hurt or died and i'm like well (laughs) man just went on holiday (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah if if i'm not mistaken that that's what uh uh wesley snipes was afraid that this was going to get taken like a black exploitation film and that's why he was like, no, we're doing this, you know, dead serious, you know, which everybody is taking this as seriously as possible. And yeah, Kenny, I think you're right. Like if, if it wasn't for this film, David S. Goyer might not have been taken as seriously because they'd be like, no, everybody wants camp. They don't want world building. They don't want this, you know, like he, he took a, an idea of a council of old vampires that secretly run the world and yes. made it believable. It was great. It was awesome. <laughs> like, it's phenomenal, dude. Like, and I'm like, like of, course, of course I'd be attracted to the uh, douchey Deacon Frost, but <laughs> that's another story for another podcast episode. <laughs> if you donate to $25 a month, you get to listen on uh, Olivia's therapy sessions as she explores <laughs> her desire uh, towards douchey men. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, but I, I saw a video essay on Blade, and, and the way they described it Saren? is... I'd say that again? Nice. Thank you. Um, but the way they described it was, think of the MCU as a house. Um, you know, you have, you know, you have your pretty, you have your pretty pictures, and you have the, the, the pretty pictures are like, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and um, you know the the couch is kind of like uh, you know uh, Iron Man three, like it's there. You don't always go to it though. Um, the front porch is Iron Man three couch always. Iron Man three great. I actually did see Iron Man three. <laughs> it, it it it's a movie. The uh, the 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 porch outside and the front door. That's like. Your Marvel Avengers, that's what people are, are going to see. But at the foundation, what's holding it all up is Blade. And it, it doesn't get the recognition that it deserves. But if it, wa- if it wasn't for that foundation, that house would cave in and not be there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good way to, to look at it. Uh, can, you, I, can you go ahead and make that a graphic? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. <laughs> 
kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think, and and Chris Christopherson as, as like like I know I said I want uh, I almost said I want Blade to be Whistler, but I want <laughs> I want Wesley Snipes to be Whistler in the upcoming film. Yeah, um, but Chris Christopherson kills it too. Oh, he does. Right. I always get him confused though with Jeff Bridges. That's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was like, is that just me? And I- no, no. <laughs> that's that's so interesting you say that because I was watching this movie and I like Whistler first shows up and I was like, they what they hired the Grand Canyon to be Whistler and I was like, oh, <laughs> just really wrinkly. <laughs> <laughs> Was that but yeah, it's did you use Jeff on uh, that actor? No way, Chris Christopherson rules. Okay, okay. It, it's Chris Christopherson. Say it again, Olivia. No, I was just gonna say he's in one of the um, uh, readaptations of A Star Is Born. Yeah, uh, is he? In, he's just not that into you, Olivia. Uh, I I think so. Let me. Check. Aaron, go ahead and continue while I... Holy shit, is he... Re- I, no, I was just going to say that Jeff Bridges and Chris Christopherson are definitely the old white guys you go to if you're making a Western. So that's totally okay that you confused. confused are they both singers, too? What? Uh, Aren't they both singers? Yeah. Yeah. They- yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that that is makes, the same person. That makes it more confusing. Okay, wait. Um... <laughs> Yeah, he is. He's uh, Jennifer Aniston's dad, and he's just not that into you. Nice. See, I thought of Jeff Bridges. <laughs> right on. Uh, yeah, Blade for superhero cinema. Uh, X Men would come out in two years. People would be like, "Superheroes are back!" But really, it was kind of was a Blade. Yeah. And he was the first R-rated superhero film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody gives that credit to Deadpool, but sorry, that was done decades ago. Mm-hmm. Right, but Deadpool knows that he's in a rated R movie. <laughs> so, yeah. does, so does Blade. That's the thing. But no, nobody... but Deadpool knows. Yeah. Like and Dead... talks about it. Deadpool's like, I think I'm in an R-rated movie. Blade never had to break the fourth wall. That's true. Like, God, he's so cool, dude. Like, even when he stops the cop from from sh- uh, shooting Ibushi and, like, he turns his neck to, like, show him, like, he's, like, he's someone's, what does he call him? Like, someone's whore or someone's yeah, property? Familiar. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, like, I was just, God, he's just so cool. Uh, so, basically, what you're saying is that uh, Blade is uh, definitely a cab. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> definitely. The Rotten Tomatoes game. The Rotten Tomatoes game is based off of the website Rotten Tomatoes, a film review aggregator that takes all submitted film reviews, averages them out by a pass-fail system that assigns a percentage on how many people might think a movie is either fresh or rotten, that this is not a score, that a film is X percent good. It is only a score of how many people liked it. I will be asking our three panelists, James, Aaron, and Olivia Self-Care Queen slash Deacon Frost Boo Suarez <laughs> for scores <laughs> the critical approval rating and the audience approval rating, and they will be giving me score guesses without going under. Uh, starting with Ms. Suarez, uh, out of 103 critical reviews, what is the critical approval rating for Blade, directed by Stephen Norrington, director of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? 
Um, I want to say maybe 65%. So like close to passing. Um, but maybe there's, there's that uncertainty of like, will, uh, will people, uh, maybe I'm thinking for audience score, but critically speaking, maybe they also just, um, yeah, like just the idea of, of revitalizing, revamping the superhero genre, like it pays off to a certain extent. Um, maybe that's, that's what I see critics thinking, but I don't know. Uh, a great explanation, uh, Olivia, with a cautious 65%. Uh, Aaron Salinas. Uh, I, I know the score, so go to James. Okay, James, what do you think the critical score is for Blade? I think I saw the score last week when I watched it, but I forgot it. Damn it, so, you guys. <laughs> forgot it. Well, I, I think I have a good idea of it. Okay. You want me to still say it? Yeah. Okay. I think it's 77. 77%. We obviously know why you think that. Uh, Because you looked at it. Uh, Because it's just on voodoo. Well, don't do that. I can't help it. Yeah, you can. Just don't look at it. (laughs) I I just automatically win because I was... This is the play button. Yes, Olivia should win. Hold on. Aaron, what's the score? Uh... It's either Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes, but it's 45 or 55. Oh, shit. Uh, Aaron, you are correct with 55, which means that uh, Olivia... Uh, Aaron, I've got to take your first number, which is 45. Uh, Olivia, you're closest without going under the correct answer. Uh, and because Aaron had seen the score beforehand, he has to give our winner $30. No, that's not fair. I just regularly check this score. <laughs> But you know what? If you did give me the $30, I would donate it to one of the organizations we have listed on our, um, on our social media accounts. It's really cool. Yeah. you be able to donate. <laughs> but perhaps uh, our panelists have not looked at the audience score out of 499,672. Starting with Mr. Salinas, what do you think the audience approval rating is for Blade? This one I don't know, but I want to say 76. 76%. Why 76? Uh, just because I feel like there's a lot of hate on this movie when it originally came out. That later generations, when they're watching this, they're like, no, this is pretty fun. This is, this is a fun <laughs> action movie. Like, this is... like it, I, I recently started getting into Mad Max only because I used to think Mad Max was like... I wasn't allowed to watch it until I became a 45-year-old dad and just, like, liked it and just, like, got off to, you know, adrenaline-packed movies. But no, they're just kind of a cool, cool, fun film. Um, so, and, you know, that was on my bias of thinking that those movies weren't for me, um, similar to uh, Blade, how people weren't like, uh, no, this is kind of cool. It's not just some silly, silly vampire-killing thing. It's, it's a cool movie. Uh, sidebar. Granted. Granted. I just purchased Fury Road, uh, and there is a 45-minute making of documentary on, uh, I think, the Movies Anywhere app that just came out. Uh-huh. Just came out. They literally just uploaded it recently uh, of fairly candid interviews from George Miller and Charlie Stare and, and Tom Hardy going, yeah, we were not exactly the best people on that set it was hell we were in the desert for nine months and we were 
genuinely going crazy. Uh, and I should have treated George Miller better and I should have treated uh, my, <laughs> my co-stars better. Yeah. I just recently read that too, that like Tom Hardy, like would visibly snap at George Miller because if I'm not mistaken, not only was it nine months, but they were shooting in sequence. Yeah. And oh. like, it just felt really tedious. And on a, on every, like anytime they could, they'd be like, what in the happy feet mind are you thinking, Mr. Miller, that any of this is going to make sense? And that like, after they saw the final project, they went up to, Charlize specifically went up to George Miller and said, I'm so sorry, you're, you're, this was a vision. Like, Yeah, like, and in that same documentary, Tom Hardy, they're in a press conference and Tom Hardy very publicly says, I, I treated you very badly and I, I genuinely want to say I, I apologize for the way that I acted. That's not, I mean, I don't blame them. It, it looks, incri- and like 80, 80% of the film was like practical effects or something, wasn't it? Yeah, a lot of it was practical. Never fake. Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, what do you think the approval audience approval rating is for Blade? Me, James Fight? Yes. I, I didn't look at the score, so I don't know. So I'm going to say 86%. Because this movie's awesome and people love camp. And not even camp, it's just like how awesome it is. But they love the snarkiness. That's true. I do love snarkiness. Uh, Miss Suarez, uh, what do you think the audience approval rating is for Blade? I'm going to say 82% because minus four on what James said, but plus six on what Aaron said. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I didn't know the math. <laughs> uh, Which is funny because I'm a journalism major. <laughs> <laughs> well, looks like that journalism degree has paid off because Olivia, you have won the rare twofer. Whoa! Really? The correct answer is seventy-eight nice. percent. Oh my god! Uh, who off? That uh, whoever's uh, movie this is, which is Aaron's movie. Uh, also, wait, it is. Dollars plus whatever the differential is uh, from the initial guess, so that would be guess that would be another thirty-six dollars to Olivia, which lets her be able to donate to a good charity. Sixty-six dollars. It's very kind of you. I, I, I'm in between paycheck. Oh, okay. <laughs> these are I'm, Aaron. These are just the rules. These are the rules. I know. <laughs> Okay, in all in all fairness though, because I don't want our listeners to get the wrong idea, like each of us have um, made significant contributions to those nonprofits, those organizations that we have listed. So just so that way people don't misconstrue the idea that we're trying to dodge from donating to a good cause. Yes. Very also, very good on there. Also, this is a bit Aaron we never have to make Aaron pay. It's just a fun little gag. True. I love him. I mean I think you should pay. <laughs> I think you, you think should too. Everyone should pay. It, it, James, you know what? Aaron, pay James for saying that. <laughs> all the boys who wronged me should pay. That's right. <laughs> all the wrongs that she's gotten. I, uh, well, okay, okay. Well, that's been our episode of Shame One. <laughs> Thank you to Denise Hudson for our rock and theme song and to James Garcia for our artwork. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. To- wait, wait, wait. Sooner or later, the Thirst Always Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>
That was a good one, Olivia. (laughs) It's also true, though. The original line is, sooner or later, the thirst always wins. That was Blade's mom and Preach, especially during this quarantine. Preach. Yeah, that's that's accurate. Yes. Continue, James. Uh, Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Shamewash on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are. Wait, (laughs) wait. Some motherfuckers are always trying to podcast uphill. It's uh, <laughs> one of my favorite quotes of all time. Uh, and that's what they that's what they said in the original 1998 film. They did. Yeah. I, it's weird. They were talking about this podcast thing and no one knew what they were talking about. Yeah. Blade not only like, you know, brought the superhero genre back, but they also launched the podcast industry. And thank we thank him for that every day. Well, yes. we should at least. But do you have suggestions, questions, comments, or general Tom Floor you want to contribute to the pod? Wait, wait. <laughs> Send it our way. Naughty. I'm going to be a naughty vampire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> have suggestions, questions, comments, or general general Tom Floor you want to contribute to the pod? Send it our way. Visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at ShameWatchPod so we can talk with you. Finally, you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash shamewatch. It does cost money to put out superb content like this pod, so even a $1 donation can make a huge difference. And now we play What's What Are Our Rewards on the Patreon? Uh, Olivia, what's our $10 level? $10 means you get... Every single bonus thing included in all of the lower tiers. And that a lot of that includes the bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes content, um, the conversations we have before the show, my autograph headshots, which are coming, people, after I'm not a red tomato anymore. And then we've got uh, pictures of Aaron's feet and a haiku um as well so that's right you forget to be the ten dollar tier because that's the one i <laughs> i know <laughs> got your back got your back uh kenny can you answer what the seven dollar tier is absolutely james uh along with getting all the previous things at the two dollar and five dollar level uh you'll also be able to get special behind the scenes stuff that you can't get anywhere else contribute and help pick our next movie marathon or in the case of our quarantine our next commentaries uh that's it and Aaron, what does uh, five dollars give you? Five dollar gets you uh, all of the other perks we're going to get to, uh, but included are the yummy bits. Uh, everything that we talk about before the podcast, uh, you now have the option to take a listen to. And at the two dollar level, you get our marathon, or in this case, uh, in the future, you get our quarantine commentary. Uh, on movies, you get Shame Watch TV. You get our love and eternal affection. Uh, and you get to hear your name on the podcast, which I'm about to do. Uh, Why Starting with Kenny Madison of Austin, Texas. Aaron O'Salinas of Austin, Texas. Gene Fight of Bowling Green, Ohio. Alan Smith of Leander, Texas. Riley McPherson. Of Tulsa, okay. Jennifer Steinberg. Of Austin, Texas. Herc. Of Austin, Texas. Ian Keegan. 
of Gillette, Wyoming. Danny Cantu. Of San Marcos, Texas. Miranda Suarez. Of San Marcos, Texas. Irene Suarez. Of San Antonio, Texas. And Nolan Barger, who knocked on the door just earlier. Austin, Texas. Woo! Until next time. James, wait. (laughs) I'll tell you what we are, sister. We're the top of the fucking food chain. The blood god's coming, and after tonight, you people are fucking history. He's a hurricane, an act of God. Anyone caught in his path will instantly be turned. Everyone you've ever known, everyone you've ever fucking loved. It won't matter who's pure blooded, who's not. How are you going to cure the whole fucking world, hmm? And Blade's podcast is the key. <laughs> oh boy. Good monologue. Good. Uh, until next time, our watch has now ended. Dive at your own risk. We, we stand a coagulant.